For many of you, we introduced you to vendors about six or seven episodes ago. Today, we're going to get in a little bit more detail. I think it's timely based upon, again, kind of what we're seeing, this kind of little bit of slightly weird period of time here in travel healthcare. So today, we're going to talk about VMSs versus MSPs on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Travel Evolved. I am Mark Holloway. Thank you guys for joining me on this episode today. Um, we'll talk about the episode here in a second. Uh, it's here's what I'm gonna jump up by saying it seems like things are, and again, remember we recorded this a couple of two, three, maybe even four weeks ago. So what we're already seeing, and I would imagine by the time this episode is released, I'm really hoping that this remains to be true. We are definitely seeing a gradual but steady increase in the number of positions that are available out there. Again. All allied, all, all nursing. It's, it's really the same thing. If you really think about that, what it kind of tells us is that it was, and I, well, I, I believe it is more of a demand issue or a lack thereof that is now starting to increase again than potentially a oversaturation of supply, if that makes sense. Because I don't think the number of travelers would be diminishing rapidly enough that are available Again, people that are getting out of traveling healthcare would be the only reason, if that was the, the variable, that would mean that it would have to be decreasing at a, at a rate fast enough that we would notice it on the number of jobs, which is probably unlikely. The more likely scenario is that the number of needs are increasing, which means that, and we'll talk about it a little bit ironically in today's episode, that's why we're doing it earlier than we th- thought we were going to, that the needs are increasing to a point where um, it is more and more agencies are needed to fill the needs that aren't being being filled and being met. Hospitals are screaming. So it's kind of interesting because that tells you that it, it probably had a lot more to do with the demand, which in my opinion tells me that it could have been and could be more seasonally related than many of you and certainly me, I'll admit, thought. If, if the demand is going up now, and I'll tell you guys, we're still recording this episode in early May, even though, it, I mean, it may be aired in early June, so I apologize for that. And it's, I try to stay thing untimely, but this may be a moot point. Maybe by June, it's things are bad again. But if we're already seeing an increase in needs, to me, that kind of screams seasonality, which I, I did kind of qualify a while back saying that, you know, everything was kind of coming together at once, which meant that there was an oversaturation potentially of, of healthcare travelers and that the weather, believe it or not, hadn't shifted enough for hospitals in other parts of the country's census to increase because people are going back up there. And again, I'm talking primarily uh, seasonal travelers or season, not travelers, seasonal, you know, people, you know, that are, that transitional people that are, you know, either retired, 
primarily that are going from the south back up to the different parts of the country, north and, and in between. So it seemed like everything was coming together. And if, in fact, we're seeing an increased needs already, companies like mine, that really does scream that it is more seasonal. So I don't think we're looking at July. I think there's going to be a little bump. Typically, like I said before, July tends to be kind of a, a good, steady, consistent need, but it also kind of flatlines lower than some other times of the year because everyone kind of secures their summer position. There are, in fact, more travelers, as you guys are, I'm sure, well aware. I've never said it here. But there are more travelers that travel in the summertime because there are travelers that only travel when their kids are out of school and they're available to, you know, to have that that option that are old enough to be on their own, so to speak, or you know, either the husband or the wife that isn't the traveling healthcare professional is home enough to be able to, you know, still be there and and be around for the kids, but doesn't have to have that school schedule. If that makes sense. So there are people in mid life situations that typically can't travel year round that do now. So I also think that the summer is a time when there is more of a disbursement, obviously, of population. That does tend to create more needs everywhere, which means it's more diversified. So you've got needs literally almost everywhere because there is more needs. And we all know when you're dealing with surgeries, sometimes people like to do those in the wintertime if you can. But when it comes to accidents and, and other things, that happens in the summer. And, of course, in the fall, you've got more sickness. So there's just needs year-round. And this one, to me, tells me that I think that I may have, and I probably did, underestimate how big of that variable the seasonality was. Because here it is literally getting warmer every day here in Colorado, which means I know elsewhere in the country it is too. And I believe that the needs we're seeing, because it's not, it's not just isolated in certain areas and then screaming in places that are, that are cold. And that's what we see all, all winter into the spring. So on that note, I mean, I hope literally that when we release this episode, that that still is the case, and it's even better because, uh, to me, that's 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 um, obviously it's, the more positions there are, the more demand there is, the better it's for you guys. And like I said, many times, a lot of this doesn't make sense. A lot of this is totally guesswork, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. But you ride it out. Yeah, it could be economically tied. I didn't even bring that up. Um, we someone was watching one of the episodes that we did, and they said, you know, I, I think I mentioned 20, 2008, 2009, and how weird that was. And in 2006, 2007, some of us saw it coming, but we all thought it would be short-lived that, that we would have a lack of demand. And I'll tell you this, and maybe this is part of it too, and then I'll, I'll try to get in the episode. When the economy is, is bad, poor, and it was different back in 2008, 2009. Everything was tough, and we had, you know, we had the Affordable Health Care Act trying to go through, and it was just a lot of weird things, but it lasted an incredibly long period of time where there wasn't needs because, and it may be happening again, because people didn't want to travel. The risk of not working outweighed the risk of having a staff position. Sorry, a staff position. Also, those people that did have a partner or were married, oftentimes their partner was losing his or her position and like permanent, like their job job. So the traveler, I knew that was gonna happen. So that's my dad calling me. I definitely wanna grab that call when I can. I'll do it in a second. So the traveler themselves would, would say, I've gotta go get the benefits. I've gotta make sure that one of us has the steady income. And that was very real and it lasted a long time. Now, right now, we've got crazy inflation. I mean, everything is ridiculously expensive. So. It could be a couple of things that travel healthcare professionals, and I think a lot of the new ones we always talk about here, regardless of if, if the rates are still very, very strong and solid, it may not be worth it to them because that's not what they got into this for. They got into it for the crazy money. And because they're making sacrifices, maybe they are younger and, and themselves, and maybe there are kids at home, and while it made sense to sacrifice and have one parent take care of the kids while the other one made silly money, maybe it doesn't make sense now. So there's a lot of variables that, that fall into this, but it very well could also be that the inflation is is causing more people to say, I'm going to stay and, and go back to work at my you know my home hospital or my home facility because that makes more sense to me now because it because of the economy. So that, that's real, but I wanted to kind of throw that little that little tidbit out there because it's you know it's just hard. I always like to try to tell you guys a little bit what's going on now. This is a little unusual because. Usually we're releasing these episodes sequentially, and we may be a couple weeks behind, but this one may be a lot further behind than what we hoped for, but that's just the way it is. So let's talk about episode 90 for a little bit. Um, when we were down in Florida, we did the episode about vendors, and I think from the feedback I was getting, 
a lot of people understood that vendors existed. I think that we were helpful in maybe clearing some things up or getting more detail. But we didn't give a lot of detail specifically, and I think because of what we just talked about and the tiering and you know what's made available to more and more agencies from either VMSs or, or MSPs, it's a really good time to kind of do what we were going to do a couple of months from now. So I looked at this episode and I said, let's move it up because of the questions. I actually said, let's do one on this. It's typically what I say. And my team says, Mark, we already have one like that. And I go, oh, yeah, you're right. So let's just move it up. So that's what we did. So... Let's talk a little bit about, again, quickly, I'll go over it if you didn't see that episode, and I'll try to make it fast for those of you that did. When I got in this industry 23 years ago, there were no vendors in this industry. I mean, there may have been, I'll qualify to say by they were, but you didn't really consider them vendors, and they were more of the MSP form that we see now. People, there wasn't companies that created websites for communication for multiple agencies to be able to see positions, see bill rates, submit all through a, a nice, you know, great-looking portal, and for hospitals to be relieved of all that duty. When I first got in this industry, you were dealing with HR, or you were dealing with, you know, somebody who was, you know, an administrative person in the ER or the ICU or the labor and delivery unit in a facility, and you dealt with them, and they dealt with as many of us knucklehead agencies as they could handle. Some were very, very good, and for those that had a big, big hospital, it was difficult. So I remember. I remember. I still remember people's names from certain hospitals out in California that were like the the gal who handled the travelers for the ICU units up there. So that was a real thing. Vendors came into play because somebody, you know, very intelligently said, "We're there's a there's a niche for us to carve out an additional piece of the pie." Now, hear me on this: either make the pie bigger or carve out a piece. And that was always the intention. Again, we're going back a long time ago. We're going back to early early 2000s, whatever that is, I guess the 2000s, between 2000 and 2010. And again, I'll admit here, I, I like to admit, oftentimes when I when I miss, when I'm dead wrong, and I was with this one, because I remember saying to a lot of people, this is going to be short-lived. There's no way that a facility, or, or I'm sorry, that, that agencies and travelers would be able to afford any kind of an additional reduction in what we were making, which would then, as you guys know, be not from us. It would be passed along to what you guys are making. That's the way our industry works. And I said, there's no way. What I, what I missed, and I said it on the episode down there, was that the pie got bigger. And I think facilities didn't realize that as their percentages grew from literally no percentage that they were taking to up to 5%, and we see a few that are a little bit higher, but 5% is kind of the standard, that the rates had to go up by 5% in order to encompass that, which means you guys really didn't, experience too much of that additional slice being removed. It's just the hospitals are paying a little more money for basically the same fulfillment that they were paying without. However, again, to defend everybody, it's easier. It's easier for everyone. The facility could not spend who knows how much they were spending on all that manpower for all the... Oh, God, this is going to be nuts. i got to turn that thing off. For all the manpower and things that they were trying to handle, it helped them save money. So that's just the, the reality. That's the way it goes. So... In looking back, it is a, a a part of the process now. I'm trying to think if I would say out loud if it's necessary or not. I think my opinions changed on that. I think at first I thought it wasn't necessary, and now I kind of believe that it's part of the system. And I and I see a lot of the benefit that vendors bring. I really do. I do see the negatives that they bring. I mean, any part of this puzzle that we call travel healthcare, there's always positive and negatives. And I think openly. I certainly could say it about agencies. I could certainly say that about a lot of different things that are part of our, our process in which you guys find and are employed for travel positions. But I think vendors, for the most part, if they're good, especially, then there's a better benefit than there is a, a, a negative. For you guys, for the traveler, or the, I'm sorry, the travel agency, I, I think it's more negatives because there, there are financial reasons that we're waiting for more money, that you know, it's, we're have more competition. Again, honestly and transparently, it, on the surface, it's probably not as good for us, but there are also a lot of companies that have an opportunity to play and be part of and present and include more assignments, more opportunities for you guys, the traveler, because of the the addition of, of these these vendors, so to speak. So it is what it is. It's part of the it's part of the pie nuts, and whether or not it's going to you know remain is yet to be seen. But they're here to stay right now, and it's just part of the process. So that's why I wanted to explain that. So today I really want to kind of 
talk about the difference and, and why I think the difference between a VMS and an MSP is really kind of rearing its head right now, why we're really seeing that sort of you know, sort of thing. Because I think it's important. So let's talk about VMSs. Well, first of all, let me qualify one thing. The real definition is they're kind of both the same thing. The VMS really stands for the actual software that's being utilized. But I'll tell you what us agencies typically kind of differentiate between the two of them. And here's what, what we'll say. So a vendor management system, and I'm going to read this if I can. It's typically the, the software or online applications, that which means an app, which means that facilities use to... Get the you know gets to procure the staffing services between the employer, the hospital, and the staffing suppliers. So what I mean by this is this is very clever people that said, I see an opportunity for us to build a website, and I'm going way back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That we could then be calling facilities and say, hey, you don't need to deal with these 45 different agencies and, and a whole bunch of different people from each agency and have your person be spending all this kind of time and all this manpower hiring and doing all the, you know, the communication for agencies. We'll handle it and it'll be no cost to you, which is, I think, how it's presented. I think there, end up, there ends up being a cost to them, but um, in other words, we're not going to charge you anything for it. We're going to charge the agency, which unfortunately I think eventually means you're going to get charged by the hospital because you need a bigger bill rate to make that fulfillment. But it, it made sense. So it's a, it, is, it was a creation of a website, and that's what VMSs really are. They basically are companies out there that that 90% of their position, their job, I should say, now they've got these great websites, and they improve them all the time. Some of them are, are, are really good, and I like them. They're super easy, and, and it's an easy place to navigate. Others are nightmares. Some parts of some are good, and other parts of them are nightmares. It's always ironic how they, the invoicing and payment stuff always seems to be the most difficult. Uh, I think it's by design, but it, you know the submission process and getting someone booked it seems to be relatively easy on a lot of them. But I think over time, they're, they're getting better and better. And technology changes what makes it better and better, so I think that's also changed and evolved. But these were companies that said, we're just going to be the, you know, basically the middleman, and we're going to charge, you know again, very little at the beginning, and now it's like 5%, which... You know, is not. It doesn't kill the industry because I, I really do think hospitals absorb that. So, what a VMS in in our book, at least in my book, and a lot of the people that are on my side of the desk believe it, is that there's no competition. They literally don't have a recruiting team. They are not out there also recruiting internally for the same jobs. They literally don't have recruiters at the VMS. They have account managers that go out and grab the contracts. And oftentimes they're stealing you know, one from the other. If somebody else doesn't fulfill and they're struggling with certain hospitals or system, the other guys will sweep in. And I've seen that go back and forth, especially on certain hospitals and systems over the years where, oh, who holds this one now? Oh, they do? Because you know, they used to hold it five years ago. Now they'll have it again. The hospitals are looking for fulfillment, and if they're not getting it, they're going to be frustrated with that, in this case, VMS, and they're going to say either get some fulfillment or, or you know, we'll move to somebody else. The job at the VMS is to advise the facility oftentimes on what they're seeing. In other words, if a facility puts a job out there for a, you know, a, a mammographer and they're not getting enough, uh, I guess, submissions or people that are interested in that position, that account manager should be looking at the history of what they've done before, looking at the difficulty of the of the description of the job. In other words, is there is there a whole bunch of and maybe that's not a good example. I could probably should have used nursing. Is there floating around? Is there going to be you know what's the, what's the shift? Is it a, is it a hard to fill shift? What's the you know licensure if there is one? That's why I probably should have used nursing. So and what's the town like? Is it a difficult place to to staff? And they're going to give advice to that hospital 
on what they're going to need to to build. And the cool thing about a, a vendor is that because they're only making five percent, a ten dollar difference, you know, t- for a bill rate is not going to make them a huge amount of money. They're looking just for the five percent, so they're going to want to help that hospital come up with what is, you know, hopefully one of the lowest rates that would allow them to get the number of submissions to be able to make a good decision. And I think that's what they're always trying to do. And again, you know, they oftentimes, and I remember very clearly a couple people when they were first, a couple groups and companies when they were really young used to reach out to a lot of us, I was one of them, to get advice. Hey, what do you think we need to build for this, you know, this specialty in this location? And boy, how, how times have changed. But um, it's kind of, it was, it was interesting times. So that's really what a vendor does. They are, they are really there, and I'll tell you, Companies like, you know, NextGen MedStaff, a lot of, you know, non-monolith, as I always call them, companies. If you if you move away from, uh, you know, the isolated largest companies out there, most of us like the VMSs because it, it is kind of a fair way to go. Um, it's not like they're holding assignments, and we'll talk about that. Maybe I should wait until I'm doing that. But it's it's here's the jobs we just got it in. Everyone sees it. Everyone can see what the rate is. Some of them, this is what you have to. You know, submit if you don't have a candidate for this for this rate. Don't bother. Don't try to you know go higher or go you know whatever. This is the rate that we're it's offering. Some allow you a little bit of flexibility based upon the quality of your candidate, or if you think if you lower it by a couple of bucks that they're going to choose you every time. There's some flexibility there. There, but typically, again, for many of these, everybody sees everything. Now, what's happened over the last five years, maybe? As more and more companies pop up, and you guys know they're all out there, and, and again, I mean, I can't really say that we're not. We happen to be a new entity from a bunch of people from different companies. Well, not a bunch, a handful of people from different companies that also partnered with some IT people that felt like, you know, we would have a new idea. So the company's new, but we're not new. But I think there are, I'm sure there's a lot of those too. But there's a lot of new companies out there, and they all will promise these vendors that they can deliver for their hospital. So I'm trying to put myself in the vendor's shoe. If they literally gave every contract to everybody, that makes them more busy. That, that you know, I think the biggest thing is it makes the people that have been delivering frequently and consistently for them mad because there's more and more competition. So I think in order to pacify and satisfy their best producing agencies, they do try to limit it. There's a whole bunch of other reasons why they do. You know, it could be that the company doesn't know what they're doing yet. You know, they've got to prove themselves. So what we've seen over the last five years is, and this is for those of you that are thinking about starting your own agency, it is increasingly more difficult to get in with with a, even a VMS because they want to, um, you know, they want to make sure that you're you're vetted, that you that they know that if you come on board, you can deliver for here and here and here. So what the, a lot of them are doing is they're giving you difficult tests. We'll give you this much if you can staff this really difficult position in, a, in potentially a difficult state or a difficult um, area for this rate. And, and you know, that's what agencies do. They go out and they go to work and they, 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 they convince their recruiting team to focus and sell harder than they've ever sold to get people to get those positions. That's, that is a fact. That's true. They need them to say, see, we did that. Now give us more, more, more. So there's another thing I've never mentioned that when you're dealing with a, a company like that, maybe a young company, they are literally sometimes trying to push you to take a job because they need to fill the job. So there are times, and I've seen this in other agencies where I've consulted, where it's like, hey, hey, everyone, stop what you're doing. I need everyone to focus on you know, this facility, this specialty. Let's get some submissions going. And no one's doing anything else until we get you know these submissions. And I mean, that does happen out there. So you're being put on hold if you're not that specialty and they're going to take that particular time to try to fulfill because they, they want to expand what they're doing. And it's unfortunate, but that's the way a lot of these VMSs view things is that they don't always think about the long-term picture. They say, here's what we want. When they do it, then they've, they've proven that they can do this and we'll move on. Sometimes I think the the effort and the results actually aren't, they kind of hurt, but the good news is if a, if a company provides that, the vendor looks good because, hey, we found that really hard to fill you know, unique position. And, you know, we did it because we went out and did this. And so it's, it does help them look good for their clients so they don't get that client stolen from somebody else down the road, if that makes sense. So uh, it, it's it's just part of that, that process. So there is a tiering. Um, so oftentimes there are, and I'll, I'll kind of say this, even with VMSs, 
there are periods of times when the census drops down like it is right now that they pull back and don't let everybody see primarily because they really do want to keep feeding the companies that oftentimes are the largest that oftentimes have the biggest manpower which unfortunately you guys means oftentimes the lowest pay rate because their margin has to be the highest to handle all those that internal operating expense and they'll they'll make sure that they're happy because when things are are really in need and everyone's got it they're still going to be producing the most amount of submissions like it or not that's how it's kind of not rigged but that's just the way the system works right now and anybody you know who is a fledgling company or starting out can pound their fists and be upset that how come we're not seeing everything it's not fair but that's the way it works they're not going to give you know a company that barely submits or only has you know 25 people working for them in, in the whole system they're not going to give them the stuff that that's relatively easy when things are in fact thinner because they want to make sure that they're getting their people done now again that's not everybody there are a couple of vendors that are um i don't think i don't know a vendor that doesn't do that at all but there's a couple that come to mind that are pretty darn good there may be you know and there may be 10% that they're not giving to everybody, and it happens to be because that vendor is actually owned by one of the monolith companies, or, or that's their parent company, even though they kind of keep things separate and try to do things you know, outside of the realm like they, they did before they were purchased. And I think that's good. So there are some good VMSs that you know you get most of the positions, and it's, it's pretty fair. And I, again, from my standpoint, I like that. That's all I want. I want the same opportunities everybody else does because I feel like, then it really puts us to who's going to you know, be paying the most and who's not going to be paying the most. And that's what I like because it comes down to that. So it may have cut off that last. I think both cameras died. So if I chopped that last second, we didn't, you didn't miss anything. But I, I, did, I restarted because I think I heard both beeps. So there you go. Um, to continue. Let me give you some examples. This is why the VMS model, um, originally I didn't like it, but here's why it's, it's so awesome. I'll, I'll walk you through some numbers. Right now, the current almost across the board rate that a VMS takes. And if you haven't heard the episode, the pie, this is how we break down how a bill rate is broken out between four basic quadrants, really three, well, four, um, and how the vendor takes 5% off the top of the bill rate, which is a, a seemingly small amount of money. And I think it, it isn't a huge amount. Again, it's, it hasn't been enough that it's hurt the business and the, mar the market like I thought it would. That's a real statement. I think that I thought it would hurt the market a lot because I thought 5% would be too much. And like I already said, I didn't anticipate where that, where that replacement at 5% would come from. So if you take 5% of a $100 bill rate, which is kind of maybe slightly higher than we're seeing because we're seeing a lot of things that are lower than that in places like Texas and Florida and, and you know the, the, the Southeast, I'm talking the Carolinas and that sort of area. So maybe that's a little high right now, but there definitely are bill rates that I'm seeing currently as we're recording this that are over $100. So to make my math easy, let's just say 100 Obviously, if the rates drop to 90 95 this will all diminish. But if you had if you had 5% of a $100 bill rate and you were working with, and, and as a vendor, let's say, you were going to get 5% of a $100 bill rate, which means $5 an hour, and you were going to be working with a 36-hour, 13-week assignment, which is 468 hours, that means that for that one traveler, every time he or she does 13 weeks at a $100 bill rate, you, the vendor, would receive $2,340 for that 13-week assignment. That's how much they're making of that pie. They're making that much of the deal, which, you know, now if you look at what, and I'll tell you what they do, which there's some good things, that actually is a pretty decent amount. If you had just one traveler working for you, you know, working for whatever company, it doesn't matter to them. If they had a traveler for a VMS working for them year round, you multiply that by four, it's $9,360 a year is what that one traveler would generate on a $100 bill rate at 5% and on a 13 week, 36 hour assignment. If they work more, you make more sometimes, maybe not. Less, you make less. So obviously, if you had a hundred of the, that exact model across the board. If you're a vendor and you had 100 travelers at that 5% and happen to have a $100 bill rate, we're talking about nine, almost a million dollars, $986,000 a year is what that would be generating top end. Now, obviously, you have expenses as a vendor. You've got a website to maintain and you've got payroll and account managers to pay commission. I'm sure they're commission-based. A lot of them are. Maybe that's salary. Who knows? But they are, they're being paid to go grab those hospitals and those systems from their competitor or to create new ones for 
the rare hospital has never had anybody that's been doing their staffing for them. That's their job. Also to manage, I'm sure once they get it, again, different programs for different vendors, but I'm sure once they get it, they have to manage and give, give advice and help the booking process from, you know, from behind their desk, have to see this many submissions, our hospital, are you going to, you know, interview, we're going to lose these. They're, they're managing every one of their facilities. Many of them are. And I, and I think usually the ones that I know, they would get the account and they would get money on it, but they also would have had to manage it. But it's, it's lucrative. But their expenses aren't as, um, it's, it's kind of similar to recruiting. So they do have those both operating expenses for salaries and benefits, and potentially, probably, if their model is a commission base, they'll have that cost of goods sold when the person does it. But it's a decent amount of money. So obviously, if you had a 1,000 of those people, you're talking about almost $10 million in revenue a year. So there's, just like anything else, there's a sweet spot where they're, the money, that the revenue that they're generating is way increasing over their operating expenses. So it's, it's I mean, like I said, it's, it's a brilliant model because what you really like about it, and here's what I'll say to you guys, unlike an agency, they're not floating anything. The agency's floating all the money. So they're doing all this, and they're not the ones paying you guys. I mean, I don't know of one that does. We're paying you. So they have all this revenue coming in, and they have no, no money out, no risk out, very little risk out. Their risk out is the salary and their operating expenses and their, their building and their, their obviously their web, their domain their software, their engineers, all that, which is, again, decent. But I'm telling you, if I could have gone back in time, and I'll say this right now, if I could have figured out how to jump onto a vendor system and learn that part of the business, you know, that many years ago, huh, the gray hairs you're seeing would not be nearly as gray at all because that's what stresses you out as a, as a you know, a CEO and, a, and, or, and or an owner of a company is the amount of money you have in AR, it's, it's insane. And I think I've shared with you guys, and I'll tell you guys right, right off the bat. One of these VMSs, we booked an LPN at a long-term care center facility, and they had a whole bunch of these, and it was a crazy high bill rate. No, was, I'm sorry, it wasn't RN. It was long-term care RN. So it was a really big bill rate, right smack dab in the middle of COVID, and they owe us $65,000. Now, we've already paid that traveler. This is, goes back how many years? And we're still in litigation with them. And they've sold that company to another company. So, again... That, that vendor could give, you know, two you-know-whats about it. They don't care. They actually made their money because that vendor, I'm sorry, that facility paid them. They took their 5% from us, and we still are, have been given. No, I'm sorry. The vendor did, uh, let me think about that for a second. No, this is one of those that, that we, we actually had to write them a check. A couple of vendors don't actually get paid, or they do a combination, so I know I'm all over the place. But this one is where they sent us a bill for their 5%. So for the 13 weeks, and we actually have to physically pay them either through an ACH or a check is what I'm saying. That's, a, that's another thing that always doesn't happen. This is the only vendor I know that does that. And they still do that. They've done it since the beginning. But a lot of their, many of their clients, they don't do it that way. But this particular situation, we actually paid the vendor 5% of that 100 and, I think it was $140 bill rate for 13 weeks. So they've gotten their money and we still haven't been paid a dime. So we're not only out the traveler's money, the credentialing, the uh, payroll taxes, the I mean the, the benefits that you had them, all that were out. Plus, we paid the vendor, and we have and we're still in litigation trying to get it back. That doesn't happen very often. I've had that happen maybe five times in 23 years that we haven't gotten paid. And this one's pretty good. We've already won the stuff, but it's it's just dragging on. So the risk is what I'm getting at. I don't know why I shared it with you, but I mean I just did. I think you guys should know sometimes that there's agencies are we're the ones holding the bag on all this stuff because. We're the ones that pay you guys. And that's what is so wonderfully beautiful about this model is that they have almost zero risk. They get paid primarily through the vendor and they take their 5% and then they recut an ACH or a check and pay us the remaining for every time that they get paid. And they, they, I'm sure they don't do it instantly. They, they make it so it's more efficient and they do it once a week or they do it when there's a handful of them in there. But keep that in mind. When you guys are... When anybody you hear is always talking about agencies this, agencies that, agencies this, the biggest reason, like I've always said many times on Trial Evolve, and I'm going to say it again now, the biggest value and the reason that we make any money on this deal, the reason we're here, which I don't know if you guys can fix it. Someone out there is going to be smart and figure out how to fix this, which means they'll, they'll take away the agency, is that we float that payroll. We are a payroll floating mechanism for you guys. So we pay you literally every week. And we assume that we're going to do the invoicing properly, this properly, that properly. 
and we get paid when and if the you know the vendor gets paid so all the risk is on our part which means mostly the risk being that there's not a huge amount of money there's barely any money out from a vendor so just kind of keep that in mind when you when you talk about how and I, I agree with you guys I always said that but when you're when you think about how much money agency makes and it made agencies make and it bothers you know that there are justifiable reasons for an agency to make money and I've said in my opinion that's the biggest benefit we offer in this whole curve it's really the fact that we float money I don't think that floating money should be over 30 you know some percent maybe even 35 percent of the bill rate I think that's too much and that's what you're getting socked at at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. In the same breath, I will tell you though, but there is money that we should be making. We shouldn't be doing it for free and we do serve a purpose. And I think that's the biggest purpose that we serve in this, in this whole thing. Hospitals, while they're paying more for you every hour, they are not able, having to pay you every week like they would a staff position. They actually can you know, collect money from insurance, from Medicare, from state, from patients that are paying directly or their, their portion. They get oftentimes paid before they're having to shell that out, which is a big cash flow benefit for the hospitals, especially when these numbers are multiplied by a lot more. Hospital that uses hundreds of travelers in both allied nursing, that's a really big help for them because they're not waiting and, and spending time on, they've got the bills paid. The cash flow itself is just like us. It's, it's instead of being sitting out there in AR waiting for it to get paid, it is now because they've already paid you guys. It's it's collected, so it, it means they need less liquidity and cash on hand. For a VMS, they barely need any liquidity. They need to make sure that they're covering their operating expenses. But clearly, as I just said, if you have any size at all, you're covering your operating expenses. Their challenge, really, in my opinion, is to market themselves, hang on to, and not lose their clients to their competitors. So they're always walking that fine line. They're trying their best to provide fulfillment, which means they're trying their best to help the process along, which means, I mean, they want the hospital to get the right traveler, but they truly don't care, in this case, who it is as long as it's there, right? But they are keeping score and keeping track. If an agency is notorious for having a, a traveler, you know, take an assignment and not go or fulfill, they're, they're checking that. So that's why I say when you do that, you're, you really are hurting everybody and you could be taking a good agency and, and making them look bad even though it has nothing to do with them and i still will say that that agencies have very little control over whether or not somebody is actually taking the job but yet again we're the ones that oftentimes get a fine they don't find the vendor they don't find we're the ones that take all that stuff so i know like i beat up our the agency side frequently because i, I think that it's gotten ridiculously greedy but we still are necessary. And that's the one thing that I, I, I kind of hope that this whole series shows travelers that it doesn't really work currently without us. And it may get to a point where agency's value does in fact become what I just said. That's going to be the greatest thing. You know, the fact that they can credential and do all that outside and pay for that again up front, hoping you guys take the assignment. All the expenses are, are handled by the agency and there is a fee that is paid that allows them to make money enough to justify doing that. But the sales aspect, I think, is obviously one of the areas, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that I think are gonna go away. So love the model. I mean, how can you not? It's, it is a way to carve out money from the pie that was very risk-free. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there's vendors out there that know me are going, you know, rolling their eyes right now. Listen, there's a lot of development, a lot of upfront costs. There was a lot of things that they had to do that I know took a while, especially since this was yet again, kind of like I'm seeing now. This was a very new wrinkle in healthcare staffing, and it was probably unusual. So difficult, like it always is when you're introducing something new that's now become a thing. It was probably very difficult for them to explain this and for hospitals to understand how it worked. But it did work, and it still is working. And again, I, I think that it it does truly provide for you guys. It provides 
more opportunities. And it, for the hospital, it, it does, in fact, provide faster and easier bookings because there's more submissions and more to choose from. So I think overall, hospitals and travelers benefit. I think agencies don't like it as much because of the limitations that some of them put on you. In other words, you're trying to compete with other agencies, but you oftentimes don't have the same opportunity. That's the bad thing. And I, I do think sometimes, like I said in the other episode, I won't revisit this too much, that the relationship that used to be able to develop with a hospital system or with a specific hospital, unfortunately, is gone. And I don't know if that hurts the system, but it's bad for us. I mean, that's just the fact. So I think vendors hurt agencies somewhat, but I also, in the same breath, will say I think they help us. And, and for you guys, I think it's actually a good thing, which is really what's important today. So anyway, all right. I want to switch on to managed service provider before we run out of time here because this is, you know, I'll tell you, this is much more common. And, and again, this they're both kind of the same thing, but the way most of us agencies describe it, these are agencies that are big enough that they've got some direct contracts that they've secured. They've, they've wrestled them. I, use, I did say wrestle. They've wrestled them away from, you know, the, maybe the, the monolith companies or they fight amongst each other. But when they got a contract, they are they are excited because I mean, for some of these people and some of these agencies that actually built their business, so throw out whatever system you want to say, and we'll call it whatever. I'm not going to use to go that way. If they have a, a big hospital or lucky enough to have a, a system that they are the exclusive provider for, you bet your boots they're going to deliver for it, which means absolutely when that has got to be a priority for them because they want to fulfill that because they don't want to lose it and they want to get it done. Now. What they've gone to do over the last, you know, what, almost, I guess, 18, 17 years is they've realized that if they can't fulfill it, rather than being in trouble or risk losing it or looking bad to their system, they said, we can actually subcontract this out to some of these agencies that don't have this contract. Let's at least get it filled, even if we have to charge them, you know, either, you know, some sort of a fee like the VMSs do or, you know, or offer it to them at a lower rate where we're we're getting, and I'll explain in a minute, where we're billing this, but we're paying them this, or a combination of both. So that's really the difference. Most contracts nowadays, I, I'm pretty sure, are the MSP version, which means that they're handled by either, you know, by typically, and again, the largest companies out there, which is great news for them, because I think they're gonna need that. It's gonna really help them over the next probably five or six years. That's gonna be super important. Because again, when you, this is why I'm saying this right now. When there are times when jobs are thinner, they are going to pull back and not offer those out because why would they? Why would they lose all the revenue on the, on, you know, the portion that is the agency um, margin, which obviously they'll say, let's just say it's 35% because I know it is for many of them. And then some sometimes, and, and not quite theirs for others. Why would they risk, if they can fill it and make 35% of that bill rate, why would they go to 5 or 10% of the bill rate by giving it to another company? It doesn't make sense. So, of course, they're going to try to make that extra revenue. It's, it's a big deal to them. So, when they can fulfill it, they're going to fulfill it. So, this is what it means to you guys. There are, I mean, we could go over them. I know that there's a, a definitive number of a large handful of agencies that do hold these contracts and work in this capacity. What that means for you guys is that the good news for for them is that they've got more options, which means for you guys, again, there's always going to be options. Your, your job really is to try to get the job you want at the highest pay you can. There are going to be times, like potentially right now, where the only option for you is to go with that particular agency or that particular you know company. The bad news is typically, and again, go back and see what, I, what, I've, what I've said before, the bigger the company, oftentimes and more often than not, you guys know this, the margin that they require in order to maintain that size that they are is going to be large, which means if the bigger the company, typically, please hear me, typically, the bigger the company margin is going to be, which means the less that you're going to make. That's kind of a I think that would be an agreeable thing for me to say. Of course, there's outliers. Of course, there's exceptions. But that's kind of the, the rule of thumb. And you guys know that if you've been doing this for any length of time. So what that means is in times like this, the opportunity for you guys may feel the same, but the pay rates may look substantially different because of who you are taking that assignment through. If things increase and the jobs get larger and those companies are unable to fulfill, 
It's what you see right now. And again, I think I, I've said this earlier is that we get the really difficult ones that they are struggling with. You know, let's, let's find a nurse anesthetist. Let's find a very specific cath lab technician for this small little town that, that's in the middle of nowhere. And that's what they, we need help with. So they give it to everybody and then they can, you know, they'll fulfill it while they're working on their med surge and their, their rad techs and their PTAs and the, the things that are general that they can fulfill, they're handling those. The minute something's taking a little longer to take, they, they farm it out and let us know about, which means oftentimes a job has been available for a while before you may see it from the company that you're currently working with if you're not working for a, a big, big company. If you have Three or four, you know, lifestyle companies that have, you know, I would say a thousand or less, maybe even eight hundred or less travelers totally working for them. That probably means they don't hold a lot of contracts on their own, and that means that it could be delayed until you actually see the job. In other words, it's been out there; they're not fulfilling it, so they now are showing it to everybody else. And now is the time for you to be able to see which one of these now numerous companies are paying me the best money for it. And that's kind of what your job is, right? That's why you see things. Not always. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes they know right away we're not going to fill this. Let's get it to everybody. It could be a location, it could be a specialty. They may have certain rules. But that, in fact, does happen. So there are times when that works. Now, for you guys, that's all it means. It means that when things are thinner, you have a couple of options. You can either chase dollars, which I, I think definitely is going to be more location and definitely specialty driven. But you may have to find a position that is less than what you're used to, whatever your company, if you have a medium size or even a small company, whatever that company has been paying you similarly in positions that are like this one, you may find are more significantly paying, paying significantly less, I should say, for about the same thing you were doing. And like I said, many times, that may be the best option for you because that's the only place you're gonna get it if you have to do an assignment like that in a certain location or if you're just not seeing enough volume that you feel comfortable that you're going to get selected because i've told you guys many times that when things are thin like that when we get those other jobs from the vendors that don't tier and our vms's there's a whole bunch of people in front of it that's why because everyone is still trying to make the most money they can so they typically go to the companies that are in that situation which means there's a bunch of us and i'm one of them there's a bunch of us like that so when we submit a great er nurse to a job that's a compact state that you know is just one that we're all seeing, everybody from the big, big companies to us, yeah, we can beat the big company on rates, but there's a lot of competition. And that's why I wanted you guys to understand and break this episode down a little bit more because it's really about you guys. You guys have to figure out what's the best option for you now, whatever now is. And that's why I say sometimes, I mean, you have to look at the fact that even if a company that you've You've repeatedly said, I'm never going to work for them because they're, they're big and they don't, their pay rates are terrible. There are times when you may have to consider them. And I would suggest that you do because it's about now. So here's where the loyalty thing comes in. I don't think there is loyalty right now, and I don't think there should be. That's what companies used to rely upon. It used to be, even as early as three, four years ago, that companies spent a lot of time, effort, and money building a brand reputation so that you guys would stay loyal to them because you you were and you would do that to the point where it was almost like you would stay loyal to them even if you saw other companies that were paying more and there's a lot of reasons why we don't need to go into it but that, that just was a thing covid like i said before and i think it was last episode kind of changed that it was kind of a line drawn the same where whether it was travelers that were new or travelers that kind of said, whoa, and they kind of you know decided that their eyes were open and said, it really is about money because they realized how many companies were paying more than their potentially their current company. And I think things changed drastically. And I think they changed for the better. Because I've always said, and go back and listen to the first few episodes, I, I said, this industry, you guys will, will evolve and move forward faster when you start demanding more from your agency. And I'm primarily talking about money because I said just a little while ago, that's the most thing. That's the, the most important thing that we do is pay you more. So if that's what you're demanding, it's naturally going to fix itself. In other words, you're going to be using us as supply and demand. If, if our rates aren't good enough, you're not going to work with us, and we're going to suffer until we change our rates and figure out how we can change our rates to pay you more on the same bill rate that 300 other companies have. That's the challenge for us. So here's the real ta-da moment of this episode. I hope you got this far. Here's why it's good news for you guys. Let's let's talk real quickly, and I want to end this thing because I don't want this going too long. Real quickly, the medium, let's just say small to medium size. So anybody that has 500 or less 
um, total travelers working for them. And I don't know if you guys will know how many people travelers have working or agencies have working for them. Those companies, I think, and again, here's some predictions for me. I think in the next few years, those companies are going to really be working hard to figure out how to become attractive to you. And it's going to have to be pay process, but probably mostly pay, which is great news for you. Because that's when I say, and I've said for two years now, since we started this this series, I said, you guys have more control than you think. If you stop accepting low-paying assignments, you're going to fix the industry. And I think that's what's going to continue to happen, which means that they're going to have to figure out how to carve out less of the pie for themselves so that the bill rate that we're all presented with is going to be more and more attractive to you. Because you guys are getting savvier. You're figuring out how to compare agencies, whether it's you know Facebook or, or websites or apps. You guys are figuring this out. So that's going to be number one. And I think that's a really good thing for you guys because it really does drive the market. And for those of you that, that get mad at travelers that accept low rates, that's still going to happen because the, one of the, the good thing about and the bad thing for you guys is that there's always going to be a rate that makes sense to somebody, whether they're less experienced than you or it's a closer assignment or it's exactly what they want and they're in that situation where maybe they've made a lot of money and this one makes sense. You can't fix that. But the volume of how it's always going to evolve is that the majority of assignments are going to be going to the agencies. They're going to get awarded because you guys are going to award them with your business and your and your 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 partnership with those agencies because they're paying more. That's going to fix itself, and I'm telling you, it's going to help. And that's why last time I said this kind of the the, the time of the traveler. I really believe that. Let's talk about the bigger companies. Here's where um, here's where I think things are going to be shaken up a little bit. Put yourself in, let's just say you have a company that's, you know, has it has maybe one or two contracts directly, but you you still work with the other, you know, VMSs, MSPs. So you've got a few of those. You're you're at a thousand twelve hundred travelers working for you and you're making millions of dollars a year and it's millions. You got a huge building, you got tons of recruiters, tons of credentialing, tons of payroll, you got a lot of, of operating expenses all tied up into that. As time goes by, Travelers are going to really try to migrate toward the highest paying positions, which means they're going to struggle more and more as their rates don't continue to be competitive. Now, they're still going to get business, so understand that. I'm not saying they're, not going to, they're going to lose business or whatever. They're still going to have those people that are going to take those assignments, but it's going to become increasingly difficult, especially if what I just mentioned increases. In other words, if you're seeing really high paying companies on the same job as, as those guys because they have so much overhead and they've got to have those thicker margins because they have to, they're going to lose all the time to those. And it's going to be a fight amongst those guys that are, that are in that area. Two things are going to have to happen. They're going to do one of two things. And this is, again, kind of prediction. They're going to either have to figure out, like I've always said, how to reduce their operating expenses substantially and get on board with technology and how to you know get that traveler more money. Some probably will. Some probably will. And again, we're seeing that already where they're doing a combination of, of you know, technic, you know, technology and, and recruiting. And, and you'll see that continue. And I think a lot of them will, in fact, phase out recruiting. I, I, I want to correct something. I said something the other, yes last time where I said 2025. That's the first time I said that. I meant five years from now. So definitely not 2025. So can I go back and correct that? Because it's the first time I said that I said recruiters would be almost phased out by 2025. And that was absolutely incorrect. I wanted to say in five years from... I think I said it in January. So five years from January of 2025, 2023, which is 2028. So I just, I don't want someone to say that. So I, I, that was a t slip of the tongue. I didn't mean it was going to happen in a year and a half. I said it was going to be five years from back January. So anyway, that's one thing they're going to have to do. The other option, and it's a decent one for them, is they're going to try to gobble up as much market share as they possibly can. Meaning that the more positions we have and we hold you know, a monopoly on them, we are going to be able to dictate, which means... If you want to go there, here's the job. And that's a decent also, I mean, again, just giving them kudos. That's another decent option, which means that allows them to keep their model the way it is. They don't have to change their whole business. If they're publicly traded, that's an even bigger problem because they've got shareholders and, and all that stuff. But they wouldn't have to let people go and completely change their business model if they can gobble up market share. I think some of them are, are a lot of the big guys are fighting amongst each other to try to do that because... That could be what sustains them. The more, if we have if we have fifty percent of the jobs in the entire country, we're good because no one can touch those fifty percent of the jobs, and we can offer them at a rate that allows us to you know maintain our operating expenses and still keep our margins. and And that's the other avenue. 
But both of those scenarios are are going to be a challenge for them. I think I, I don't I don't envy them because that's kind of where it's at. Like I said, there's no real way for me to kind of say this without sounding whatever. But listen, things change, and this industry hasn't for a very very long time. And we're gonna. By the way, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. We're actually doing an episode soon. It's actually called Next Gen Med Stuff. I want to give you guys an idea of what we're doing because I want to get that out of the way. I talk around it. Let's do an episode on it so we can talk about it and then we don't have to keep going back where it sounds like we're promoting it. So let's just talk about what we're doing so you guys know and then we'll we'll move on and we'll start telling some of the story where we're not doing that. But that's what I'm saying is that things are, are changing. They have to. And what we're lucky about in this industry is that it hasn't for a long time and it's it's just become accepted. And I think trying to do things like us and many other companies that we're trying to do, you know, four or five years ago would have been really difficult because we weren't quite there yet. Phones weren't there yet. Websites weren't there yet. You guys weren't there yet. I don't think you guys are still there yet. I really don't. I really don't. I think most, you know, 98% of travelers still feel that it has to be this way. And I, and I, and I get that. I understand that. But over time, I, I, there's no way that, that that can not change, right? If you are repeatedly taking jobs for less than a person working alongside of you, it's going to start to irritate. And and the one thing that has changed, like I just said, loyalty is no longer smoke and mirrors where you can pretend you're better than another company, even if you're offering less of a pay package. And that really worked, guys and gals, for all, for decades. You could you could convince travelers to work for you, even though there was a lot of other companies that were paying more than you. And it's hard to explain, but it happened. That's how companies grew. They, you know, they they just made them, or they or they were paying the same. Let's just say that they're paying the same as everybody else, but they they focused on what was important. So what was important? The person you're talking to, the recruiter. So that was where a lot of companies they they said, if I'm going to make sure that our company looks good. I'm going to hire the best and train the best recruiters I can, and teach them how to do this better, to be better salespeople. With with the right foundation behind them, so not you know not fooling you, but that's got to be important, and that's what a lot of companies focused on that and their image, and it worked because there was reasons why you guys went to work for companies that had a good recruiting team, or you stayed with a good recruiter. That's that's absolutely because there was no other option. So of course you went with the thing that was most important to you, and I and I think we all understand why. Awesome idea, perfect. Now that you were here where we are, I'll put it that way. There are it just it, there are other options that allow you the same thing if you're educated, which I think is really important. If you're educated, and I'm talking about on how agencies work, and you've had enough of your learning curve that you understand the other pitfalls with you know hospitals and and numbers and and margins and overtime and hours thirty six to forty, all those things that are important. Once you know that and you know where you want to go. There isn't a person in the world that can talk you in a job that doesn't make sense to you. There's not a person that can talk you out of a job that also makes sense to you, right? So you're your own, you're your own recruiter anymore. And I, I will tell you that there's, in my opinion, there's no way we're not moving to that because we're one of the last industries that hasn't. So it's coming. And along with that, the wonderful thing is it should be more pay for you. If if a company's doing this right. They are they're they're gonna be competitive by paying you more. I mean they may not. They're gonna try. They're gonna try to make as much money as they can. I get that. And and everybody will. But it's gonna work out really well. And that's why this is this whole thing is for you guys. So I want to tell you what about MSPs and VMS VH V I want to tell you MSPs and VMSs because I thought it was important right now to move this up because I think that again we're experiencing that right now. And it makes sense. And like I said, things are, are very different now than I think they're gonna be in three or four or five years from now. So I love the fact that you guys should still, and I'll say this all the time, you still should go with the company that has the job you want. So there's companies that you're going to eliminate right off the get-go. If there's not a job there, there's not a job there. But when you find that job, see who has it, how many people have it, and try to go with the company that makes you the most money because I don't know why you'd want to go for a company that doesn't. And if you keep doing that, our job is going to try to, to keep luring you in because of our pay rates. And that's what we're being told right now. At least that's what I'm hearing is that it's really obvious to me that that's where the loyalty is. Loyalty is money. And so it's awesome. It's what we've been talking about for two years, and it's here. And um, we hoped it would be, and it certainly is. And, and then you guys are you guys are proving that, and I think it has a lot to do with um, the new traveler and education and all that kind of stuff. Guys, I appreciate it. As always, 
Um, we're writing down season two. We're going to start season three real soon. Guys, I appreciate it. See you next time on Travel Evolved.